Good morning, everyone. My name is Nathaniel, and I'm one of the site leaders of our Mosley and Kings Heath congregation of Riverside Church. Now, wherever you are on the spectrum of living in complete chaos to absolute boredom, for all of the successful and failed DIY projects, for the countless hours of Netflix binging with Tiger King or whatever show you've chosen, all of the Zoom calls, the joys of homeschooling, the sourdough starters that haven't taken, and for the mountains and mountains of dishes that need doing. For all of that, I'm really glad that we get to gather together this morning. And I'm really excited to share with you a little bit more about the passage that we've just read. It's a really helpful passage for us at this time, as we get to see a couple of snapshots of the character of Jesus, but also the hope that he brings. Hopefully you'll find it helpful as we together trudge through this modern day crisis that we're in. But as we jump in, continuing this series, Longing for Hope, we need a little bit of context to help us understand the details of the situation of the passage that we just read. Let's look at the characters then. First, we have Jesus. He's a great guy. The whole Bible is about him, and he is completely human, but also completely God. We also have Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and they are siblings. And in earlier chapters in the Gospels, we read about Jesus hanging out with them, having meals with them. So they were good friends. Fast forward to the start of chapter 11 of the book of John, and we read about the sisters sending Jesus the news that their brother Lazarus is not in a good state. It said, Lord, the one you love is sick. They know and believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God, and know about the miracles that he's carried out, healing people and changing lives, just like we heard about last week from the passage that Sarah was speaking on. But surprisingly, Jesus doesn't rush there. He stays where he is two more days and then says to his disciples, let us go back to Judea and convinces them to go even though it will be dangerous, telling them that Lazarus is dead, but he is going to go wake him up. And there are elements here about God's timing that are really helpful for us when we're feeling confused or upset about unanswered prayer, it's helpful to see the bigger picture in this story about God's timing and how it is perfect. In verse 15, it says, And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Jesus is intentional. He's deliberate. He doesn't make mistakes about where he goes or who he encounters. And it reminds me of what Gandalf says in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Now, wizards aren't real, but Jesus was and is. Okay, so Jesus arrives and the sisters are mourning the loss of their brother Lazarus. What you might have noticed is that both Martha and Mary say the exact same thing to Jesus when they see him. In verse 22, Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And in verse 32, Mary says, Lord, 
If you had been here, my brother would not have died. As people, we can sometimes fall into the habit of prescribing where and how God should have helped. We see that in these statements from the sisters. They might have been discussing it amongst themselves before he arrived. If only Jesus had been here earlier. And yet Jesus' response to the two of them is quite different. This might be to do with Jesus knowing their individual personalities or just what they needed to hear in that moment. That's a reminder for us as well that Jesus knows us really well and he meets us where we are at. So let's look at Jesus's response to them individually. To Martha, he says, your brother will rise again. Hint, hint, a miracle is on the way. And Martha's like, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, because this is what they've been taught in their Jewish faith. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she does. So aside from foreshadowing his own death and resurrection to save humanity and bring us back into relationship with God, Jesus very efficiently and simply spells out the gospel. Believe in Jesus and have everlasting life. The hope that that gives is immense because we don't need to worry about what happens when we die. Jesus tells us we will live if we believe in him. While not on this world or within the realm of our understanding, but we will live eternally with God. A good friend of mine, Katie Woods, whom many in Riverside will remember, very suddenly passed away nearly seven years ago now. And at the time, I was in a place of confusion and almost anger. And I remember sitting in my room and I cried a lot and I ate a lot of cake. She was only 22 years old. So I was trying to find answers and I was praying and I can remember very suddenly the chorus to a worship song popped into my head and was going on repeat with the words, this I know, you are a great God. This I know, you are a great God. And I think in a moment where there was so much unknown, the one thing that I knew for sure was that God is a great God. He is a good God. He is a loving Father and He is present as a source of comfort and peace. I love what Pete Gregg says in one of the videos of the prayer course, which as a life group we're enjoying going through on YouTube at the moment. He says, I'm learning to ask the question of God, where, not why. I find when I say to God, why did this happen? He doesn't really answer me very much. But when I say, where are you in this situation? He always answers. And that's really helpful for me in understanding that I am only a small little human being in the grand scheme of the history of the world. And I guarantee that I won't understand why everything happens. But I can know 
that God is present and at work in my life. So looking back at the passage, we next come to Mary's encounter with Jesus. And when she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus' response is very different. It says he sees her weeping and a large number of her friends had come along with her crying as well. And he was deeply moved in spirit. And he weeps as well. Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. A little fact for your Bible trivia knowledge. Here is a moment confirming Jesus as fully human. So moved in compassion and empathy, he cries with Mary and the others. Even though he knew he would raise Lazarus from the dead only a little while later, he mourns with them. He takes the time. And we know that Jesus later dies on the cross, so not only does he walk with people who experience death, but he has experienced the pain of that himself. Jesus knows our grief and sadness, and he mourns with us. I was listening to a talk on grief that Malcolm Duncan was doing as part of the Spring Harvest Online sessions a few weeks ago. And he talks about the importance of facing grief head on, not sugarcoating it or on the contrary, being completely consumed by it. He said, grief isn't the end of your story. It's a part of your story. And we see that in this Bible passage. We see the hope at the end. Now, grief can have a really big impact on our mental health, which is why it's important to not carry the burden of it alone. As a church, we have already experienced the loss of a member of our church family due to COVID-19, someone who we loved dearly. And our collective trauma is going to last for quite a while, even after lockdown is fully lifted and people are back at work or school. And we need to remember to have grace with one another, as this is going to take time. And we will need to mourn together, just as Jesus is with us in the morning. Going through sorrow and grief is a part of life and in no way goes against the faith you may hold. My suspicion is that when we can all meet together in person once again, we will have a lot of catching up to do. Communal celebrations that need catching up in weddings and babies born and big birthdays. <coughs> but also communal mourning that will have to take place. And Jesus will be there as he is here with us now. With him, there is always hope. For this member of our church family, as well as my friend Katie, we can confidently hold on to the knowledge that they have gone to be with God in heaven because they believed in Jesus. And that's fantastic. But we still miss them and maybe carry a deep sense of sorrow or loss. And that's totally natural. Sometimes you just need to weep. As I round up what I'm saying this morning, I just want to point you to one final thing that really stuck out to me as I was praying and meditating over this passage. If you've ever been on the back of a motorcycle, you'll know that even on those tight turns and really steep hills, the temptation is to try and balance by leaning up or, or out. 
where actually the safest place to be is leaning towards the driver who holds the center of gravity. It might not feel natural because of different habits that we've adapted over time, but when you get to the other side, there's relief. And there are moments in life when you look back, you can so clearly see God's faithfulness has carried you through. In the passage, while grieving and confused, both Mary and Martha go straight to Jesus, running to him, keeping him at the center. I'm, I'm reminded of this as well in the daily psalm reflections that members of our church family are doing on our own YouTube channel. The psalmist, as in the person who wrote the psalms, went through a lot of hardship, including being on the run for his life. And in all of that, in all of the anger and the hurt and all of the confusion and the loss, he always runs to God. He always brings it to God. So in our own lives, we have a choice. When things are rubbish and life is a mess, are we going to sit where we are with arms crossed and barriers up? Or do we run into the loving embrace of God for the chance to weep or vent and the chance to praise God for his goodness? God is with us. God is for us. He weeps with us. He mourns with us. But he is also the resurrection and the greatest hope in our lives. Will you turn to Jesus today? Will you run to him today? I'm going to pray for us as we go into a time of singing as a response. And in this song, we will sing about God being with us. Emmanuel, that word means God with us. We're also going to sing about how Jesus has conquered the grave and he is our loving savior. So let's just take a moment of stillness before we pray these words together. Heavenly Father, you are the God of the universe the creator of the world, and you also say you want to know us as our friend. You see me when I am rejoicing, you see me when I am crying, and you love me and want me to share the good days and the hard days with you. I'm sorry for when I ignore you. I'm sorry for when I think I know better than you. Thank you for your son, Jesus who knows the pain and sorrow of life and death. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for never leaving me. Father, help me each day to make the choice to run into your loving embrace. Amen.